This evening's Dharma talk, uh, I've titled uh, something I've said a couple of times through other talks, uh, because the whole idea of uh, social distancing has come up. I thought of uh, uh, spiritual distancing. There's a way that that same kind of distancing can show up several different ways. And the, the first way, the obvious way, is distance yourself from everything and face the wall. Sit down, distance yourself from all the distractions without going to war with it. You don't have to be in a soundproof room and wear a blindfold and plug your ears and chant a mantra, necessarily. If you need to do that, you won't be able to help it. Uh, that's a, a function in a different way. But distance yourself if you do that. Uh, extensively. It could be a, a four-hour block set, distancing. It could be a, a month-long solitary retreat, distancing. It could be a weekend retreat. It could be just your daily practice of distancing, sit down, hold still, train your mind. So it can show up in that way. It can show up as distancing from uh, your the culture, your uh, various authorities, various uh, mores in society and so on, just distancing, not not rejecting them. I'm not talking about that necessarily, going to a mountaintop and letting your hair grow or shaving all your hair off or whatever. But just set back a little ways, not too far, a little ways, and just watch the nature of your mind that continues to make things more difficult for you. This may be, uh, this next one may be a little bit difficult to understand. You could ask questions if you don't understand. But distancing yourself from the teachings. And how do you do that? Study the teachings, and especially with Sangha, with others. Discuss the, the teachings with others. Interact with people around the teachings. But then distance yourself. When I say distance yourself, uh, that's a way of saying, don't get too anxious about understanding it. Don't, don't go into it with, uh, I, I, I've got this down. I had someone teach, or teach me. Maybe you could say they were teaching me. Uh, tell me uh, once not too long ago, I got this down. I got this. I understand this. And what did I do? I said, okay, good. Didn't disagree at all. Uh, the person rarely comes to the monastery. And when that person does come, they don't seem to have gotten anything down or understood deeply. Not a criticism, just that's how it shows up. Perhaps I'm completely misunderstanding that dynamic. So distance yourself. When you have the feeling of being distanced from something, being distanced from a teaching because you don't understand quite what the three dharmas are or the the three own beings or some other somewhat di difficult area to understand, the 30 verses of Vasubandhu is challenging, interesting, magnetizing, but it's also you have to watch it there because he will draw you in and you'll feel like you understand that material. If you think you understand that material, come and talk to me. I'd like to hear what you have to say about it. I had uh, distancing done to me directly by my second teacher, Kobanchino Roshi. I, after through some elaborations I won't go into, I asked him to be my teacher. I asked him to, if I could take precepts with him. He immediately began dis distancing himself from me. And why? Well, I don't know what was going on in his mind particularly, but I think he could see that my understanding, understanding of what was going on was an elaboration based on concepts, ideas, conclusions, and being pretty proud of myself, having meditated and practiced very hard for, uh, at that time, I think it was 
about 17 years. Uh, he could see that. And he didn't say anything about it until I asked him to be my teacher and then distance immediately left me. It wasn't a particularly r rude, uh, but it felt insulting. And you could say, uh, uh, I could say, anyone could say it worked because it helped me go deeper into well, what was happening. Look at my pride. Look at how much that hurt to have someone, as far as I was concerned, reject me. But he was just distancing. So another way of looking at it, another kind of distancing, uh, distancing from Sangha. In other words, and in the same words, be friendly, be together, be kind, be supportive of each other. But when it comes down to uh, the subtle nuance that's happening in your mind stream as you practice, be very tentative before you begin to share that with someone. And especially be very care, careful when you are tentative before you take what you think is an understanding and try to teach somebody else. Stop it. Don't teach anybody. Don't teach unless you have to. Do I mean that? Yes, I mean that. If you're teaching some someone just because you want to teach, big misunderstanding. Don't do anything unless you have to. Don't take stabs at anything. Train your mind. Find out who you are. Distance yourself from all the elaborations that are the most difficult. If you if you enter into society to an extent, uh, that's a it's very contagious. There, the belief in spiritual, scientific, psychological materialism is intense. It looks real and like you should get a job. You should train your mind uh, by getting a degree. You should get a credential. After all, you have to support yourself. You have to. You have to. You have to look closely. And how do you look closely? Distance yourself. Distance. Step back. Step back a quarter of an inch, a quarter of a mile. Step way back. Go to the mountaintop. The mountaintop might be your, your bedroom. Might be just around the corner from the escalator, which I'm sure you have one of those in your house. And so the other thing, uh, and this, this there needs to be questions around this because this is not an easy thing to clarify because it's going to show up slightly differently in a different way for different people. It is. Study the Dharma with others. Others talk about the five dharmas of the Lankavatara Sutra. Talk, talk about the six paramitas and how those connect and how different teachers express those in different ways and teach in different ways. But when it comes to your the subtle area of your consciousness that is beginning to uh, do with less and less reference points, just because you're beginning to see some kind of spaciousness around the objects we call concepts, ideas, formations, even if they're Dharma concepts. Something arises, we label it, we explain it, we begin to understand it, we begin to see the suchness there, and we want to tell somebody about suchness. Don't open your big fat mouth about suchness unless you see it. Unless, and if you see it, uh, I can say it a little further, unless you are suchness. You have, to, you have to be suchness. And to be suchness, there can't be anyone there. If there's someone there who is being suchness, this is a misunderstanding. You can't be something you already are. The only thing you can do, as far as the way it looks here, is realize that you've always been such. Help other people realize their true nature by realizing your own true nature. And then support them, but don't try to do it for them. Distancing. This doesn't mean you shouldn't encourage someone to practice, of course. Questions will get us deeper into that if we need to. I wanted to make sure I covered all of these. So spiritual distancing distancing from society's cultural authority and forms. This doesn't mean war. It doesn't mean even mentioning it, mentioning it to someone else about what you're about to do 
Don't go into any philosophy. Explain nothing. There's only a certain number of people in the world that are even going to be ready for this path. Look around. Have you noticed? Most people, even highly intelligent people, your mom and dad, highly intelligent people. This, as my mother said back in the early 70s when I went into solitary retreat, what the hell are you doing that for? I said, I don't know. I thought it would help me. And then I, all, the only expression I got was whatever. But no, no curiosity, no interest. That person had a different kind of karma, different kind of life. Not incorrect. That's just what they needed to do with their life. Respect that. I'll say it again after 30, 40 times. Respect people's confusion. Because if you don't respect other people's confusion, that means you're probably, probably, chances are you're covering up your own. Because other people's confusion, you can't really cover up because it's other people coming at you or showing up. So by the social distancing, distancing is another way of saying, uh, talking about when uh, Dogen in the 13th century said, when you go out towards things, you produce. You produce this idea, this idea, this construct, build this. Whatever you're doing uh, is uh, um, delusion, according to Dogen. And, but when the dharmas uh, actually come to you, in other words, you distance yourself so that they can come to you. Because if you close the gap between you and what you think is out there, this is delusion. I don't care how smarty pants it looks and how impressed those around you who think you're a sage. Someone thinks you're a sage. Maybe you are. Yes. Allow the dharmas to come to you so that you can receive, so that when they come to you, just like your thought patterns, you can just receive. Be generous. Give everything your attention. It needs your attention. Everything needs your attention. Save all beings, starting with your own thought patterns, your own mind. Questions? Yes, from Chazan. To distance ourselves spiritually, do we need to distance ourselves from the mundane world? Somewhat. So here again, it's the middle way. Not too tight, not too loose. Look at the society. This is what I've been doing since uh, I started heading in this direction, if you're going to call it a, a direction, is to look at what needed to happen in order to do what? Help people. Help them do what? Help them see how they were creating their own craziness, their own insanity. Or they're, or they're taking their particular pain or discontent and turning it into more suffering, more struggle, turmoil. So a little bit. And that would be just like in your situation, Chazan, you uh, came to this person. We talked. Uh, looked like you wanted to train your mind. So we talked about how that would look. And then next thing you know, there's a you're in a monastery. It's kind of like a what do they call those traps where a rab rabbit runs under the trap and then hits the stick and then the trap falls down? <laughs> yeah. I pulled the stick. You, you, you avoided the stick. I, I watched you avoid the stick and then I just kicked it out. Oh, it's eight years ago today. The just, 20th, huh? Yeah. <laughs> well, we should celebrate. We can get a bucket of vodka or a social distance milk bottle full of Kiko Masamuni. Sake, and then we can distance ourselves from it. Interesting anniversary. Further questions about spiritual distancing. There's lots of different facets to that. I tried to cover the the teaching, the one where the teacher actually, that was a teaching for me and a powerful one. It didn't happen right away. It took years for that for me to really uh, get over myself, you could say, is to see how the, what was preventing me there was pride. And I just didn't want to acknowledge how much pride was showing up here in this mind stream. That's a difficult one.
because it, it looks, you, you tell yourself you're humble. Well, yeah, I'm not, not pretentious. That is pride. Tell yourself how wonderful you are. We know other people in the world who are doing that. They mean it. They actually think they're right. Important. Yes. I have a question. So you've said to distance ourselves from um, uh, the Sangha and from the teachings. Yes. What about the teacher? Yes. The Buddha. The, the teacher will, you, you'll, depends on the teacher because some teachers uh, uh, grab at you. So if the teacher's grabbing at you, then that's probably not your teacher. What about the Buddha? Do we distance from the Buddha? See the space between you and the Buddha. That's the same as distancing. That's focusing on distance. Just like with this uh, virus that we're dealing with, you, you're, you're actually measuring, you're distancing yourself. You're taking what is the social distance normally is a couple of feet, and you're moving it back to several more feet. Same thing when you, you can't really meditate. I mean, you can. People go into a woods, and they want to have, they want to, instead of distancing themselves from the, the really strong, seductive forms of relative truth, like birds in the trees and beautiful leaves and wind and all these uh, things. I would say, if you're going to do that, why don't you just go into a tornado? Calm your mind there. might be more fundamental that way you've distanced yourself away from good weather. When you're bowing, how is distancing, spiritual distancing, different from ignorance? There, there are forms of ignorance that are very uh, deliberate that would qualify as distancing distancing yourself from your pain by distracting yourself using uh, an actual act of distracting, uh, which we've talked, you and I have talked about that before, uh, or actually distracting yourself through so-called artificial means like drugs and painkillers and so on. Not against it. What I'm always saying is just be aware of what you're doing. You don't, something you may need to do, but try to have as much uh, openness around that dynamic as possible without clogging it up with judgments about yourself. Well, oh, I shouldn't do that. I can't control myself. I just have to do this. Thank you. There are more questions. Oh, one from William Murray. What is suchness? And then how do we contrast it? You can't contrast suchness. There, there won't be a contrast. A simple way of putting it maybe is when, when you begin to see the, the polarity of life and death, the big one, pain and pleasure, another one, uh, success and failure, youth and old age, any polarity, anything where you make a statement about anything, it'll have its opposite somewhere. That's relative truth. When you see that those two things, whatever you say, good weather, bad weather, up, down, back and forth, all the polarities, when you see that those are not actually two different things, this is the equality of sameness and difference, which is another way of saying tatata uh, or suchness or one who comes thusly. Tathagatagarbha, the womb of the Tathagatas, the womb of those who who just appear as this is without a past and a future particularly. Kevin Townley asks, Yes. Uh, can you talk about the difference between spiritual distancing and avoiding difficult areas that arise in practice? So that, that may be an area where you may want to distance yourself. Uh, here again, I've said I've probably said it three or four times already during this talk. It's always about awareness, not exactly about what arises in awareness or what you do. I would say less is better. Do less and receive more. Produce less and receive more of what's happening around you. That way, any production that comes out, which may be a production of I'm not going that direction. So uh, 
it's, it's, it's a very subtle area where we try to get a credential through pushing something away. And I, I need to distance myself from that. Actual renunciation uh, is, uh, doesn't show up as something that I have done, unless, unless there's some kind of spiritual materialism going on there that has, uh, needs to show up in a certain way, a relative way, before it's eventually cut through or seen through or becomes transparent. Good question. There's more there. If you take me deeper into it, if you like. Um, another question. This one from Tyler DeMay. How do you recognize your true nature? By seeing everything else. Sit down wholesale and begin to watch the phenomenon come and go and come and go. This thought, that thought, up and down, back and forth. I like it. I don't like it. It's good. It's bad. I shouldn't. I shouldn't. I should have done that. I, why, am I, why can't I do that? Why can't I seem to train my mind? Why can't? What? 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 Why? What? Why? What? Why? Actually, what isn't so bad because what isn't this circular as why? Why is why? Because why? Because why? Because what is like what? And then it'll show that. What is this? That. What that? What that? What that? What is? What is that? What is that? Who is that? Find out. It takes a lot of work. As I said earlier in the program, <laughs> as I said earlier in the Dithyram, you look it up. Not many people want to do this. People want to do something like this. They want to meditate. They want to be meditators. They want to calm their mind. They want to, yeah, they may want to do that. But if, if they want to do a radical, radical form of mind training, that's a little more difficult to do. And it's, uh, it's radical in that it is going to the root of this. And the root may not have the reference point in it that will uh, calm your fear. And what would I say? Do it anyway. Find out who's afraid. If there's fear there, find out who's afraid. Do not cover up the fear. And if you do cover up the fear, then just observe yourself covering up the fear and don't try to change that. Be genuine. If something shows up in the mind stream that you would label cowardly, back off the word cowardly and see what that is that you just labeled. Same thing with any emotion that you name something or call it something. Peel that back off. And of course, you can't probably do that, but the next time that occurs, you might delay just a little bit before you immediately slap some kind of a reference point on it that produces a complete cage or container or cocoon or support system or hideout for the crazy self-centered clown that lives on the roof of your house. Shoto has a question. Shoto. He says, many times I see a trait in others that I may pick on, and at a later time, I see that I do that same thing. Can I see those traits without seeing it in others first? Uh, I don't know if there's any way to lock down on how you, what's going to come before something else. That may be the teaching may, there may be uh, the whole idea of one thing preceding another might be somewhat un non-specific from the point of view of any kind of path quality. There's a path, there's a path, there's a path until there isn't anything but a path. The whole idea of a goal is completely beside the point. Michelle asks, mm -hmm. might distancing look like abandoning the path altogether? It could. That's why the Buddha, the Dharma, and the Sangha uh, are so important. Some kind of a structure, the teaching person, uh, what is being taught, and the community of people that are people gathered around that to hear what that is and inquire of the teacher. What is this? What is dependent origination? What is the ego? 
how can I fundamentally work with the ego to help myself and to possibly help others? How can I do that? So I would also say that if you leave that situation, uh, it depends on what your dynamic is. If you if you if you formally take vows and you kind of you kind of laminated yourself or glued yourself to the teaching, doesn't mean you can't get away from it. But you'd have to do a fair amount of covering up because why would you have done that such a thing in the first place other than to possibly rip yourself away from it so that it just proves what a what a failure you are? Always looking for reference points, not just you, me. That's how I know about this. Am I still looking for reference points? Am I? What does it look like to you? Kevin has another question. Yes. Kevin Townley. Um, when you say produce less in the context of sitting practice, do you mean emphasize the other sense faculties? Mm, I don't necessarily mean that, but I don't mean to emphasize them so much as uh, don't ignore them, include them. At the same time, you're, there's a whole lot of, uh, you know, a truckload of bric-a-brac coming out of your unconscious or out of, out of your uh, gossiping mind. Um, you don't have to get rid of that, but you could also give it some company. Uh, just the pure form of sound, just the pure form of feeling your butt on the cushion, just the pure form of uh, the air coming through your nostrils, just a pure form of fragrance, possibly of incense, or maybe just the air feeling very, seeming very clear. Include those. Give all of the falderol that's happening in the mind stream some company. You could say it that way. Dilute it a little bit, maybe. Would work. Is that delude or dilute? Which one works best? <laughs> dilute. In other words, take the loot away and give it a banjo. <laughs> Jinchu has a question. Jinchu. If we avoid something negative that's arising, will it come back in another form? It could. So it's not so much about an accomplishment mentality. It's about awareness. The fundamental, the fundamental misunderstanding with all confusion and all of this stuff we've talked, we talk about in so many forms and we study in so many different texts down, coming down through the centuries is mistaken identity. It, it, it's to actually think there is a being. I mean, if, if, I, if I clap my hands, there has to be somebody doing that, doesn't there? If I have a backache, which I do, has to be, have, somebody has to be the one who's having the backache, don't they? Is there another way of understanding the fundamental immediacy, the fundamental appearance, pure appearance, just that pure appearance with no tentacles, nothing else, price tags, no description, nothing, just just appearance, just appears. The emotions just appear. No one's feeling. They're just feelings. There's no one feeling that. The thoughts arise and fall, and there's no one thinking them. I think a little bit, but not a lot. Questions are good if you have more of them, especially in a topic like this. So the distancing idea can happen as little as just going to your cushion once a day, uh, going to sit block set, four-hour block set, maybe once a week or twice a week. You know, distance yourself from everything and then do it everything. You distance yourself from everything you can and then notice what you can't quite back away from. And when you notice that, that's, that's your Dharma gate. You can't see that Dharma gate if you're if you're mixing it up with all kinds of other things, including mantra practice, visualization practice, all those other things. I'm not saying that guru yoga isn't good. I've done a lot of guru yoga. So that's how I know about it. Done a lot of sadhana practice as a sadhaka. 
I'm not discounting that or trying to do away with it. I'm just saying that let's start with just see what this is fundamentally. Direct perception of the wall, the hands, the body. What is this? What? So if you were if you were avoiding something and trying to say call that distancing, it's not exactly working that way. The, the distancing that I'm referring to is more about pulling back in such a way uh, that's very respectful. That's not uh, trying to get away from anything. It is trying to trying to set up a mando, a form, a structure where one's awareness has has more. Uh, uh, it, it, it's easier for that to be unreceived because it's not being things aren't being shoved into it by society or forms or one's uh, emotions for that matter. So one shoe, one size isn't going to fit all. Everyone might have to do that in a different way. That's why before anyone goes into retreat at the monastery, I talk to them. And I might, if they're a student of mine, I'll tell them what to do unless they seem to be doing what is appropriate. They may need to go into a strict solitary repeat retreat for a month. Another person may come and want to do that. And I think it's better that they become monastery residents and have a little bit of distancing from their everyday life, but not so much that they get to isolate themselves and be a hermit. Every now and then we get students that really would like, just want to get away from everything. They're not distancing there. They're, uh, they're distancing, they're escaping, they're getting away from their um, irritation of social interaction. So it's kind of a social, social irritation distancing. Yeah. Yeah. Chazan has another question. Yes. Actually, there's three questions. Should we investigate our spiritual path in different ways? I am thinking about should we modify or change the way we practice? And if practice the same way for years should you modify that for contrast no uh, as long as there's a, a, a somewhat is going to depend on the dynamic that you have with the particular sangha you're involved with with the and with the teaching person uh, if you're lucky you'll have an interaction with the teacher who not only understands uh, the dharma that also understands the way in which you personally are confused and respects your confusion. Confusion is not separate from your Buddha nature. That's a big discovery. And you should be allowed to discover that yourself without having somebody force feed you. Juzan asks, what's the difference between inclusion and distraction? Well, I would, I would have to know more about the way in which you're using it, but to... Whatever is occurring, uh, if it's whatever it is, just include it. There's no, there's no, I don't mean grab it. I'm just saying if it shows up, just include that, allow that to be in your awareness. Uh, if you're sitting, practicing, and after an hour or so, there's somebody out, um, you know, repairing a, a, a door jam or something and make a bunch of noise and there's a drill happening. Just, just listen to the drill. So that would be that. And the distraction might be. Well, let me let me let me move it this way. So maybe this will be helpful to you. If you if you have a sound in your environment that is really difficult to work with, like uh, noise going on in the other room or something that you have no say so about that you can't control, uh, sometimes uh, using since we have the technology, we have like a white noise machine and use that. To, it's it, it's not exactly distracting, but it's it's flooding with a, an impersonal kind of noise, so there's more coming at you and less likely to be distracted by the particular conversation in the other room or something like that. So we do the best we can 
the ideal situation is silence. That just like we do in the Hojo, we have an interview, we have a noise machine, so it gives some privacy to the conversation that's going on there. So if it's if it's used in a skillful way, you could say a skillful way that is meant to fundamentally support someone's communication, cooperation, collaboration in their their practice, then it might might look like distraction a little bit or a lot, a lot of it. Undo asks, what should we notice about what we can't back away from? So uh, I will say it this way. And give me another question, Undo. If you, we can go deeper into this. We can spend the rest of, the, of our time here talking about this. It is about the texture of it. And it's very difficult to see that you're trying to distance yourself from something because it's difficult for you to practice uh, because you keep getting haunted by that, which I think may be what you're talking about. And I would say, move back a little bit, but don't go to war. Allow the, allow yourself to experience the tension between the distancing you may be trying to do, if I'm understanding you, and that which seems to be too, have too much magnetism to it, keeps kind of coming with you as if it's, as a, if it were saying something, it's like, oh no, I'm not through with you yet. No, I'm going to, I'm going to rub your nose in it some more. And then play with that energy. In other words, notice the energy. Notice the texture of the energy. Texture is impersonal, other than you might have a description like rough or smooth or or jagged or might be some kind of a textural description. But it basically doesn't have a, it doesn't have a particular meaning to it, like concepts, ideas, constructs, uh, judgments of good and bad, should and shouldn't, should and should not, and so on. So if you have a strong awareness practice uh, and you're able to ask that kind of a question, the way it looks here and knowing you, uh, it was Ondo, right? Ondo, knowing you, I think you're, you're probably doing that uh, as just the way you need to already. So I, I would, if you crank up anything there, it might be a little bit longer sitting, uh, extending beyond. Uh, not, not, uh, not as a, you're already doing it as a ring the bell uh, an hour later, two hours later, four hours later, ring the bell again. You're already doing that. It might be one that you're sitting and the sitting session is almost over with. And yet, because of the way that texture is starting to change, you might just sit a little a little further into that rather than using uh, the so-called artificial means to time out and go do something else. You might want to stay there a little while longer to look closely at the texture. Uh, Kevin uh, Townley has another question. Yes, Kevin. Thank you for all your questions, Kevin. He asks, how can we enter a Dharma gate without producing more in the process? You probably probably will produce more. That may happen. There's no we have no say so over causes and conditions other than just a little bit. But basically, uh, that may that may show up. And that and if it does, just observe. Don't abandon what's happening by jumping to a conclusion about that, like I shouldn't have done that. I now look what I've created. Now look what a mess. No, uh, when you say, look what I've created, or when you say, look what a mess, or look on, on any kind of positionality or any kind of credential on any of that, uh, just it, it, it creates more cycles, and those cycles are out of your purview. You can't see them because they're, it's like they're under the linoleum. It's real thin rats, about that thick, under the linoleum. The house is still infested, pardon the 1950s metaphor. But it's like that. It's like, it don't uh, the the downside is you're seeing more confusion. The upside is that's not more confusion. 
That's the confusion that's always been there. It's just that now it's displaying itself. Texture, texture, texture. You're a, you're a musician. Look at look at how important texture of sound when you sing or when you uh, perform. Even even a comedy that you do is there's a texture to that. It's not just about the humor. It's it's the texture of that that gives the underlayment or the structure of the substrate to the the humor or to the idea that is so funny. It's that structure under it. It's like listening to Senshu laugh. <laughs> Laura has a question, Rukowski. She asks, if my direct perception is different than your direct perception, who is perceiving mine and yours? How can there be no perceiver? That's the only way you can have true perception is uh, no, no, no subject back there perceiving it. And the, the, the direct perception uh, showing up in any human being is going to have its differences and variabilities and so on, just like anything that's showing up through any of the six, six sense fields, including the mind, uh, including the perception. So there's going to be some of that uh, personality or apparent personality showing up, but it's unreal. It's transparent. It's, um, it's makeshift. It's... Uh, very tentative and can come apart and collapse back into the dirt. Give me another question, Laura, if you have it there. Go ahead. Shadow uh, has a follow-up question. Yes. Um, if no one is thinking thoughts, is there someone receiving them? So the, as a practitioner, the idea is to receive. So we, we generate that kind of attitude. It's like the attitude of the, of the paramitas. Those are attitudes. We take on the attitude of discipline, the attitude of, of energy, sultram, you take on the, the attitude of meditation, the attitude of wisdom, and, and thereby deepen our understanding of it. As we actually practice that, we, we work with the concepts there. And so the idea of a receiver or receiving, we take the attitude I'm, I'm, as if you said to yourself, I don't have to say this, but as if I said, I'm just, I'm going to sit down. I'm just, whatever happens, I'm just going to see it as a gift. It's just, I'm just going to receive this. I'm, I'm all through. I'm not going to fight with anything. And if I see myself spontaneously going to war with something because something gets triggered or I have a memory that I don't particularly care about something somebody said, I'll go to war with that. I'll go to war with war. Be kind to yourself. If a battle starts, if there's a battlefield in your mind, do nothing with it. You do something with that, you'll do one of three things. You want to hear them. You'll cover it up. Ignorance. You'll blame someone, something else, passion, or you go to war with it, aggression, and you'll try to beat it down so that that war doesn't show up because you don't want to be a warlike person. I know simplic simplistic way of saying it, but look closely. See if there isn't something. See if I'm not a little bit onto something there. Go ahead. Shoto asks, if we remove the label from an emotional texture and it still seems distinct from other textures, is there still work to do? Yeah. It doesn't mean it doesn't mean there's still work to, to do that uh, you need to get work at it more so that it changes or does something else or so that you suddenly understand it more deeply. It just means that uh, if you're asking that question, then yes, just continue to look at it and don't particularly look abandon it by doing what looking for results. Did I hit the target? Those kind of results. A question from Christian Badu. Yes. Are there different degrees or levels of confusion? I think there's, there probably are. 
nothing or no references coming up in the teachings. I'm sure there are levels of that. There's uh, Abhidharma literature is full of classifications, all different directions. Uh, somebody had to do it, so it was done. But the primary confusion, the primary misunderstanding is thinking that there is somebody, a solid being, and thinking there's a solid other. The solid subject and a sub solid object, subjective, objective, those are unreal. Those are, those are imputations about the nature of reality that gives us the illusion we can get away from the bad stuff and we can gather more good stuff. It's a form of materialism that we can fight off our enemies, that we can trick our enemies, that we can do away, that we can make friends with our enemies, even more subtle. So different kinds of confusion, yes. As we know, some people are, are so completely confused, it's just we're kind of startled that, that they can continue to do that kind of confusion day after day after day and somehow look in the mirror and convince themselves that they are right or important to the king of the universe. Pretty amazing. Those people are not necessarily ready. This is not their lifetime to do that. This is their lifetime to uh, be a, a Dharma gate for you. So you can look at that and see that you could actually understand your life more deeply. You could actually begin to lead a conduct yourself in a, in a way that is about the truth, not just substitutes for it. Explanations or concepts. Go ahead. Kozan's uh, question. If we have the urge to distance from sitting practice and study once in a while, should we? And you don't need to ask me. You, you're a monk. If you, how many times have I said? Fifteen? You know, I, when you would say, hey, I just don't have time to do anything. You didn't say it in that voice. You said it more, you know, so because I, I just don't have a lot of time to do anything. It's town in this here town. And then I, I would say, well, schedule it. Schedule it. When you were the Eno here for the last six months, schedule the time. I mean, just be very pragmatic about it rather than add on. I really need to practice more. If you need to practice more, practice more. Thoughts about you needing to practice more is a, a very odd kind of substitute for practicing more. You could just practice more, sit more, train your mind, schedule it. And if you need time off to nap, you know how it works at the monastery. Just how much time do I need? To, I need about a half an hour. No, I probably need an hour. Schedule it. Go sleep. You've never, uh, of all the time, uh, the, anyone that's lived in this monas monastery, the only thing I say is communication. That's what's important, not justification. Communicate, communicate. Let people know. It's You get up in the morning, maybe you stayed up all night. Maybe you, you know, were watching movies or something or visiting with your uh, with your friend in uh, Elk Rapids and you stayed up late. When you're bowing. You don't have to come back and say, I stayed up late. I did something really bad so because I stayed up late. No, you could say I didn't get much sleep. I'm going to sleep in. I won't be at the morning forms. That's very simple. You wouldn't live in a monastery if you were trying to get out of doing the forums. It would be better just to leave the monastery and go live in a motel. She says she's going camping. I didn't say you could do that. <laughs> you don't even have your camper. <laughs> oh, you're going to go get your camper. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I know a place. There's a place you can camp down here on Austin's property. It's got a pond and everything. Build in squirrels and deer and uh, jackrabbits. Kevin has another question. Mm -hmm. Can you elaborate on the nuance between taking the attitude of compassion or loving kindness versus feeling them? 
so compassion may start that way as a feeling of sympathy or caring or uh, there's lots of ways of talking about it and they they all have their kind of uh, validity but fundamental compa uh, compassion is just there isn't anyone but but this there isn't anyone else so therefore you would always completely take care of everything and it wouldn't be wouldn't have particularly have a, an emotional dynamic the emotional dynamic that the bodhisattva uh, sound observer avalokiteshvara Guan Yin, when he, she, they looked down and saw a suffering humanity that was so overwhelming that uh, they would have exploded if they saw the suffering, if they heard the suffering, they saw that. So we, we can only take so much of, of this. So it's not a matter of ODing on, on uh, how, how horrible it is to witness and feel the suffering of others. It'd be difficult to help somebody if you're all tied up in knots over how, how how unhappy and how much suffering they're going through. But the actual compassion might be just fundamentally, very pragmatic, just helping them. Fundamental compassion, deep compassion, probably won't be, no one will think of you as compassionate necessarily. I mean, they might, they might say, he always helps helps people out, or is a very helpful person. But but that, that compassion could be much more far-ranging than just uh, uh your next door neighbor. More about that's great. I love to talk about things I don't know anything about. We do have time for one or two more questions. There aren't any at the moment that I see, okay. but I can wait another minute or I can continue to talk. So that, that idea of distancing, there's lots of ways that that works. Uh, that just like in our society with the, the, the health situation we're all dealing with distancing, it's just a, uh, I think it's a, Ivor Cummins calls it smart distancing. So it just means that I would say, uh, I like that because it's like, uh, I would say, if I were going to use something like that, I would call it situational distancing because it's, it's a, this, each situation is going to involve some kind of distancing and spiritual distancing would be, have to do with understanding the way forms arise, including yours, including your body mind complex that endeavors to sit down and face the wall. This has been going on for centuries. You're going to need to go into retreat and spend some time totally alone to see uh, what that is, what that what that me feeling actually is when there's no feedback from anybody, when the, when the teacher's not there, when the other students aren't there, when your mother, your father, your sons, your brother, sister, your baby, nobody's there, not even your dog, nobody's there. You're just there, and you just watch your own mind come and go and come and go and come and go. And then you eventually begin to understand more deeply the nature of the consciousness that is observing that, observing it. Juzan has another question. Is interruption a misunderstanding? Well, I'm not sure how you're asking it. If you're saying, if you're practicing and suddenly you hear a big noise or something just fell down the stairs, that kind of interruption uh, is, you know, that might be seen as an interruption, but it's just something else that happened that uh, didn't totally agree with your schedule. So those things are all over the place. Uh, if you if you meet some interruption that you would, you're sitting and then you just interrupt your sitting because you need to go get a glass of water. I think that would be more situational. Just like when we have block sitting, the way I teach block sitting is you sit down and you create the form. You start, sit. And four hours later, which is my recommendation for block sitting, you have a, a clock, a preferably a, a, a analog clock, which has moves instead of uh, has digits. 
just observe and look over at it. Eventually, you'll know exactly what time it is because uh, uh, the whole time construct is uh, subjective, not objective. And then if you, after 20 minutes, if you, even though the intention is to sit there, then the, the awareness is about observing how causes and uh, conditions, situations, your own mental activity. Uh, just if, if you're just observing it, then then it it slowly becomes, uh, it's a relative one at this point, it is an ultimate liberation, but there's a relative liberation where you start to actually feel pretty good about being able to, sometimes it's been called kind of luxurious to sit and do nothing at all and just watch, uh, watch the river flow. It just comes and goes and comes and goes. After 20 minutes, a half an hour, maybe time to go to the restroom, time to make a sandwich, make some coffee or tea or something, sit back down. Maybe on the way back to the cushion, you stop, and look out the window. Nobody's standing there. No one's inside of you saying, you better not look out the window. You're taking a break. Don't take breaks. No, it's, it's about awareness, not it's about awareness of the form, not adhering to the form. This doesn't mean that if you practice you, to someone observing you might think of you as being highly disciplined because you didn't do anything but the form. But they didn't watch you three days later when you got up and got a bag of Fritos and went and sat on the couch and watched the goldfish for 15, 20 minutes. And if they had, then they, then they might have thought, wow, he, you know, he really is trained. I've never seen Frito meditation done that way before. Sorry. I know that's probably not your choice of junk food. It looks like um, you have extinguished all the questions. Looks like you're done with me. <laughs> and thank you very much. I, when I sat down, I was in some pain, but talking to you, uh, wonderful people, and responding to your questions, uh, that pain dissipated as, as it. Well, not particular, particularly magical, but often does that. Not sure what that's about. My, maybe I'm getting some help from the the Dakinis and Dakas and the, those other beings. We can dedicate the merit. We can. May the merit of this <clears throat> penetrate into all places so that we and every sentient being together can realize the Buddha's way. The ten directions, the three worlds, all Buddhas, all venerable ones, Bodhisattvas, Mahasattvas, the great Prajna Paramita. O Buddhas and Bodhisattvas of the ten directions and the three times, please hear us. Please come down out of the light and protect Sokokoji Buddhist Temple Monastery. Our Sangha families, friends, and visitors heal everyone who is unhappy, sick, or suffering and fill them with light.